welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Yuri. Of course. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. I'd like to start by asking how you describe yourself and what you do. Okay. Well, I've gone through various different iterations, but I fundamentally, I, when I'm dead, on my tombstone, I want writer. <laughs> okay. Excellent. That's that's what I want. Writer. I don't want any, I don't, because I've worked a lot in PR and I'm also a journalist and I've done other things, marketing, and I do other things, but writer, just writer. Just writer. Writer, yeah. In quotes, not not in quotes? Uh, just in, in caps, I think. <laughs> Very large. <laughs> and preferably, it would be nice to have a whole rake of books listed underneath it as well. So <laughs> I better get writing a bit fast. I've only written, uh, oh, I know about, I've written about six, but I need to write some proper ones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. All right, well, let's step back then. So, okay, so Ryder, so you originally studied history and English. Why did you want to get into, or why did you choose to study that in in your uh, university? Well, because, interestingly enough, I, I had originally wanted to become a primary school teacher, mm-hmm. and um, you have to have honors Irish for that, and I wasn't very good at Irish, but... Uh, and my, remember my father saying, well, apply to college as well. You don't just put all your eggs in one basket. And then I thought, well, what do I, what will I apply for in college? If I want to be a teacher, you know, what else do I want to do? And my father said, well, what are your favorite subjects? So I thought, well, history and English. So that's why I applied. And it was the best, the best advice I ever got in terms of choosing a course because I had the four best years in Trinity. I mean, Trinity is a great college anyway. It's one of the oldest colleges in the world, Trinity College in Dublin. But I had an amazing time. It was just because I was studying that things that I enjoyed. So it was just such a pleasure. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. Mm, wonderful. Okay, so you went through, you, you're studying history and English. What did you do after you graduated? Okay, well, even before I graduated, a lot of the time, uh, banks and big companies would come into Trinity to do um, on the milk round. You know, before you graduate, they look to hard graduates. Mm-hmm. So one of the best parties that used to happen for one of these sort of talks was J.P. Morgan mm-hmm. would come into Trinity and they were very generous with the old budget, so with the beer afterwards. So I went to a J.P. Morgan talk. I borrowed a suit of my mum because I didn't have a suit, of course. And then um, really enjoyed it. And then afterwards, I thought, well, I might apply to this bank. It sounds very nice. And I went through the – I had a standard application form. I didn't even have my own CV. And I went, sales and trading, mm, a bit scary. Corporate finance, I know nothing about that. Then I went, uh, systems, oh, wow, I know nothing about computers. Let's apply there. And so I applied, and I got. I was hard on the milk round. Before I had my finals, I had a job offer from J.P. Morgan. So I moved to London. Oh, that's uh, wonderful. Wait, did you, yeah. call, did you call it the, the milk round? Yeah, it's a term when the, when big companies come into colleges and they recruit students before they finish their finals. Huh. So it's it's like it's 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 what they're saying is they really want you, basically. So it's right. actually... They're not actually waiting. I mean, they're, they're presuming you, you'll get your degree anyway. But it's it's quite a it's quite a coup to be hired on the milk ground. Yeah, well, it sounds like it. So, okay, so you were hired by J.P. Morgan and moved to London. Great. Yeah. What did you do? So, wait, how was your time at J.P. Morgan, and what did you do after that? 
Well, I loved my three years there in London. I bought a flat with a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so I had a really, I worked, lived in Islington, worked in the city. It was back in the 80s, the late 80s. So it was very relaxed. Like I remember at lunchtime on a Friday, our entire office would go to the pub and not come back. <laughs> Doesn't happen anymore. But I thought, oh, is this how people work? And, and of course, for the first six months, it was in all a, a training, induction programs and, you know, outward band courses and all the rest of it. So I had a great time. Mm-hmm. And then I met my then husband. I'm divorced now. So my story changes a bit. Sure. <laughs> but he's great. I met my husband. He was working for the bank as well. Okay. And he got a, a transfer to Sydney. So we got engaged. I moved over to Australia then for moved to Sydney for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, got married in Fiji while we were out there and um, had a great time in Sydney. And then we moved to Singapore um, and I had been working in high tech PR at that stage or fintech PR. Mm-hmm. I was working with Hill and Knowlton, which is an American company. So I worked for them in, in uh, Singapore. And I, and I ended up, I think it was their Asia Pac director for advanced technology, as it was called back in the day. Yeah. And I had my first child there as well. So I had a, uh, a towards, that was towards the end, end of our stay over there for just under two years. Okay. Um, and then we, I moved back to Ireland and I took, brought my husband with me because mm-hmm. he was English. And I bought a house before he came home, actually. <laughs> I bought a house in Dublin, so he couldn't change his mind. Yeah. And we lived in Dublin for a couple of years, had my second child. I worked for Iona Technologies, uh, Ireland's first software company to float on NASDAQ. Uh, quite a big deal here. And then uh, we we moved down the country, bought a ruin, and bought this ruin, did it up with the idea of running a guest house. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were a bit like, I always say, my ex-husband, well, he wasn't my ex then. Yeah. He's a bit like, you know, Faulty Towers, that English comedy series with John Cleese? Have you ever seen that? Oh, yes. With Basil Faulty. So my ex was very much like Basil Faulty. So it would, would have been disastrous had we any guests. We never had any guests. <laughs> and we just lived there. And I just set up my uh, PR company again. Mm-hmm. And um, I employed a couple of people and he became a, a stay-at-home dad. And uh, yeah, that was grand. That was grand until about 2008. And then we hit the recession here in Ireland. Big, mm-hmm. We had a big, big crunch here because um, we had the Celtic Tiger immediately prior to that. And then, um, so we had, we had we didn't have a soft landing. We had a really hard crash. Okay. And uh, I also hit divorce at the same time. Not good planning on my part. <laughs> Don't get divorced <laughs> in a recession. <laughs> right. I uh, so m- my life different part of the world, but uh, exact same thing happened. And well, for me, in two th- mine was two thousand nine, where suddenly recession hit, and I also went through a divorce. So it's oh, uh, it's, it's it's a terrible thing to do at the same time, isn't it? Because it everything is. out the window. It is completely went out the window. So I and I think you and I have a similar um, like follow up where we had then we like, you lost your house. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So same thing with me. Lost your house and had to deal with that. You know the, the, the fallout from all of that. So, yeah. So bailiffs and oh. Yeah. So yours was a little more dramatic. Could you do you mind talking a little bit about what no, your experience no, no. was? I ended up. It was by accident. I ended up living my personal drama in a very public way, which wasn't on purpose, because um, my ex went back to the UK. We're going through a very painful divorce. He went back to the UK and he became bankrupt. And by default, he gave all the debt to myself and our two children. Mm-hmm. So I'm there trying to struggle, trying to pay the mortgage and then run my business. But we were hitting the recession, plus a very, very difficult divorce, as I say, that was using up a lot of headspace. Yeah. So I had to, we'd moved out. My kids had ponies. I promised my children in the good days, you'll always have your ponies. I should have said, you'll always have your hockey sticks, not ponies. Oh, my God, what a disastrous move. 
So I, I thought I was doing the right thing because I wanted them to have stability, you know, and, and, and little girls love their ponies anyway. So anyway, we, we moved out of the big house because I couldn't afford the, we had horses in uh, livery, couldn't afford that. So we moved to a little cottage. Well, actually we moved, we chose this beautiful paddocks and stables that had a little cottage attached to it. So we moved into there and uh, rent out the house. And then the drug squad evicted my tenants from the house. <laughs> so I had this big house, it was a bit wrecked because they were growing weed all over the place. <laughs> I couldn't rent it again. So I made a video to sell it and it was a quirky video and it went viral. And I went a bit viral then because what happened was, it was I, I think I, I just became the sort of the poster girl for austerity in Ireland, if you like, in 20, 2009, 2010. And it was a perfect little story because there I was, you know, divorcee with her two kids and the dastardly ex-husband, you know, had run off and left us, if you like, with all the money, the debt and everything. And, um, you know, I, 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 the banks came. Well, I, I made this video and it went viral. And I went a bit viral because also at the same time, the banks in, here in Ireland, I don't know what they were doing in the US, but they were doing this narrative that people were gaming the system and there was all the shame involved. And if you failed financially here in Ireland, it was seen as, a, you know, as a bad character. They were somehow dishonest, whatever. And so people were committing suicide left, right and centre because the crash here happened so hard and maybe they'd lost their job, maybe they had divorce, maybe they had ill health. But everybody knew people who, who took their own lives because of the shame that was being foisted on them by the banks. So I got, got quite angry and I sort of, you know, and, and, and the video I made to sell uh, to sell the house, say it went viral. So all of a sudden people were talking to me about what it felt like and I'm, I was in front of cameras the whole time, in front of radio, and I'm sort of saying, it hurts a lot, it hurts a lot, it really does hurt a lot, mm -hmm. but, you know, I made the money, it wasn't, it was my money to lose, if you like, and plus also, I did nothing wrong, I didn't, I didn't cheat or lie or fraud or any of those things, I just, everything collapsed, and um, so I got, I got a cash offer from someone to buy the house, mm -hmm. and it was for 500,000 euros, but the mortgage at that stage was 800,000 euros, and so the bank refused consent to sell, they preferred to repossess the home, and then they sold it the following year for 165000 mm -hmm. And in, in the middle of all that, I became, as I said, very activated and very angry against this narrative. And um, so I was, when the house was taken from me, I had this large debt. I had to go bankrupt. So I was the first female bankrupt under the new laws. And then because I'd been ranting and raving against the banks and about parity of risk and about their responsibility and I don't know if you knew or not, but the Irish uh, government bailed out the banks with the public purse. So that was it. It made no sense that it was happening here. And then because I was the first female bankrupt under the new laws, because I was bankrupt, I wasn't allowed to run for public office. So I took the Irish government to the High Court and then onto the Supreme Court, arguing that my constitutional rights were being infringed and I should be allowed to run for public office. And I succeeded. Woo! So, <laughs> hey, congratulations. <laughs> I changed the law. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. And then. I had to run then. And the next elections were, were the 2014 European parliamentary elections. Mm -hmm. So I ran in Ireland South and I had a great time. It was a lot of fun. I had no money. I had no, <laughs> hadn't got a, you know, I was an independent. I was sort of, but I got 11,500 votes. So 11,500 people believed me. And, yeah. uh, you know, and it was a good thing too as well because I was so public about my own personal financial melt meltdown. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and I was, Deliberately, I wasn't like, oh, poor me. I'm going, this hurts, but you know, it's, I'm not, you know, a, a criminal or anything like that. Yeah. I, I helped a lot of other people who were feeling really bad, who were being shamed because of the financial failure. So I know I helped a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And that was how I took the horrible stuff and made a positive out of it. Yeah. That's so that's kind wonderful. Of, Fantastic. Yeah. That's why it's like that. The, um, so, and I know at the same time you've been doing this, like you started a blog and, and you've written a few books about, you know, the, how public you were about, you know, your your dad and, and what it was mm -hmm. like. 
But simultaneously, it looks like you, in, in, in addition to writing about dad and, and what's happening in your life, you also got into the genre of writing uh, erotica. How did, <laughs> how did how did that story happen, and, and where do those connect in some kind of way? Okay, well, what happened was, those two things were happening, yeah. maybe three things even. One was, of course, the Fifty Shades was huge around that time. Mm-hmm. And anybody who was a writer said, I could write better than that. Because, I mean, the Fifty Shades, <laughs> it's fan fiction from for Twilight, and I just right. hate I read one and a half of the books, could not read anymore, hated them. Yeah. So I thought I could write better. And then I thought, hmm. Wow, if I write, if I'm successful, maybe I, I could save my house. <laughs> so I thought, and all these things going on. And then thirdly, you know how I said I became the public face of austerity in Ireland? There were yeah. loads of uh, documentaries which I, I featured in. You know, it's kind of crazy because I, again, I seem to sum up what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I had lots of like overseas uh, production companies. I was on Al Jazeera and Russia Today and BBC Two. Yeah. And at one stage, I was just, I had just started writing the books, thinking, well, I'll save my house, I'll, I'll sell millions of them, I'll save my house. And um, but in the middle of it all, a French and a German uh, documentary makers approached me to appear in one of their documentaries. They were going to start with Japan uh, and the, the uh, ASEAN t- tiger that crashed mm-hmm. and go right the way through to Ireland. And we'd exited the bailout and where we all write and austerity worked. And I said, uh, excuse me, austerity doesn't work. You know, the banks have been bailed out by the public purse. It's wrong, wrong, wrong. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I didn't fit either of their narratives. So they dropped me from the documentaries. I didn't care because. I was never paid for it. I just did it because I thought I should rant and rave because of what was happening. I thought was wrong. But then I got a bit angry. So what I did was, so I was writing erotica. I was thinking to save the house and I was thinking to write loads of sex. But then I put all my activism into my books. So, <laughs> so if you want to understand what happened in Ireland in the yeah. post-Celtic Tiger, you read my books. And you, it'll, it'll explain what was happening, what people were feeling. There's bad banks, there's bad solicitors, there's bad, you know, all this sort of financial failure going on. And of course, because it's erotic, it has a happy ending. <laughs> you have to have a happy ending. You can't have a depressive erotic book. <laughs> of course not. Yes. Well, wonderful. But I didn't. I didn't sell enough books though to save my house. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. Except what I'm doing now is about two years ago. And this is how we connected. Is mm-hmm. um, I discovered blockchain. Right. Right. I went, you you jumped me ahead of my of my next question. So yeah. Oh, so, sorry. So sorry. no, no. This which leads us to a good leeway. So what uh, what why did you get into blockchain and, and how has that been so far? Well, well, I did a lot of activism stuff. Right? I was a bit kind of burnt out at the end of it all. It was very enjoyable doing the political run. And then I tried to get to work and I couldn't get any work because I was a certain age. I just turned 50. I was a woman. I've been self-employed. I couldn't even get job interviews. Mm-hmm. So I was getting very, very frustrated. And then I went off and I did a master's in screenwriting, which is good for my self-confidence. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I still couldn't get work. I'm going, what am I going to do now? I thought my life was kind of over. You know, I thought that's it. And then um, I'd been working on a project before, a sort of a, a startup project in the software space. And then the, the guys uh, introduced blockchain to it. And that's when I first heard about the ICOs and the blockchain and all the rest of it. And I suddenly went, oh, my goodness, this makes sense. I tried to change the world using politics, using my writing. But I went, oh, blockchain blockchain oh my goodness it democratizes opportunity for everybody and i went this re i i just went oh i love it and so i jumped in head first and i because i have 30 years of experience in fintech anyway in pr and journalism and so i quickly jumped in i, I read everything i learned everything i said yes to everything so i ended up like i think i i was only i only learned about it maybe a couple of weeks i was asked to give a talk in galway <laughs> so i said yes i'm going 
oh dear lord, I don't know enough about this. But yeah. fortunately, and it was all it was all two final year business students. Okay. They they asked very um they didn't ask detailed questions. They asked very high tech questions or sort of very sort of big strategic questions. And I had I had the answers to those fortunately. So that was kind of cool. And um. I mean, if they'd asked me how it all works, I had the blocks. I'm like, oh, don't ask me the techie stuff. But I, 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 I so enjoyed what the technology can do for our, our planet. That's where I got really excited with. And since then, like 20, what were 2019, 2018, it was an amazing year because I, every month I was traveling all over the world. I was in Sri Lanka and Dubai and Oman and Texas and Kiev and Amsterdam and London, you name it, uh, chairing or talking about blockchain. And it just was amazing. It's a bit quieter this year. I've only been to London twice, and I've, I've nothing on the horizon. That's kind of strange because last year, every every month there was something else happening. So, but it's just I think because the crypto winter has meant things maybe sort of calmed down a little bit. You know, it's but it, as I was saying to you before we started recording, it's also a good time because I've seen the price sort of has gone away. Yeah. Um, but there's been a lot of building and a lot of consolidation, and that's quite nice. There's been a, the the hype. When I, when I say I work in blockchain, people don't say, "Oh, will I buy? Will I invest?" I'm going, "Oh, I'm not talking about Bitcoin. I'm talking about blockchain." So it's it's getting better, a better hearing, and there's more projects coming through. There's more. It's maturing. It's maturing, and I like it. I like it. So I, I, this industry, I just adore it, and I get to meet with the most interesting of people. And the nice thing is, the vast majority of people that I talk with and I meet with in this industry, they're not interested in the price of Bitcoin, although that that is important to it. You want it to live, but they want, they want to do projects that make the world a better place, that change the world. I'm going, that's so exciting. They're unthinks, the unthinking the world, I call it. Like, yeah. you know, why do we have things? Why are things like that? Why? You know, why? So I love the big why. <laughs> I, I do, too. And it's it's great to see how the, the space itself is evolving. With, so with that, you started um, Block Leaders. What? Yes. So yeah. tell, me, tell me about Block Leaders and, and why did you want to start that? Well, um, my co-founder, David Atkinson, is a commercial director with Holochain, which is a very successful uh, blockchain. Uh, he's based in the UK and I've met him several times and um, he loves long form journalism and I love writing long form journalism. Mm-hmm. So we got together and um, we got together a group of writers too as well. And we've had the most amazing first six months. Now we're changing the the the, the, uh, the overall path of the site at the moment. But we've been interviewing people who are, you know, movers and shakers in this industry and trying to figure out their why. You know, the, the whole why. Why are we just, why can't we change things and are we changing things? And it's a great privilege to get to speak with people and interview them and understand their thinking, because I think that's so important. I think when we look back in this era, I don't want people to think about the whole FOMO stuff or the to the moon or the price, you know, all that kind of stuff going on. And I know that's part of it, too, as well. I mean, we, we, we all have to live. We all have to buy stuff. I mean, I, I understand that. But I want to understand the people who are changing the world and who are thinking about things and making a difference and coming up with new technologies and also unraveling a lot of the institutions that exist in this world that don't work anymore, that don't, don't serve human beings. So that to me is really interesting to understand people's thinking. And I, I'm learning so much. Oh, my goodness. People, there's such intelligent, bright people in this space. <laughs> you know, like, whoa, my brain hurts half the time. I'm going, oh, they're so clever. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. So with your, so with this, do you, is it, um, is it just long from interviews? Is there are there video clips or what's the what's the uh, the basic process like? Well, we're changing it now. The, the, okay. We had one every day. Now it's one a week. Uh, we were on a bit of a treadmill. So actually, and I feature you and Steve actually. I'm using using some of your videos too as well on the Wednesday. So I'm I'm, I'm broadening it out. 
And uh, it's, it's treading water at the moment. I need to figure out. We need to figure out where it's going because the long form is good, but I think one a day was too much. Yeah. It was, it was too much. So one a week is good. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not quite sure where it's going to go next. I, I would love to uh, get attached to a community and have a bunch of other other voices speaking as well. But so it's it's in a bit of a transition at the moment. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. So simultaneously, you're also a broadcaster then. How? Yes. So tell me yeah. about, about your radio show. What is that like? Okay, well, I've got two radio shows here in Ireland. Uh, one is with Dublin City FM, community radio. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, the, it's the full, full shilling. I mean, it's proper studios, you know, with all uh, mics and, you know, all the stuff, whatever. And um, I really like it, though, because my show there is called Making a Difference. And I do it on a Monday at 11 o'clock for half an hour. And I get to pay it forward, basically. I get to talk to people who are making a difference in this world. And it could be anything. It could be there could be homelessness charities. It could be uh, slow food. It could be anything. People. I, I just like to talk to people who who don't just do an ordinary job, who think about things, mm-hmm. and who who want to make a difference. So that, that's very fulfilling, and also gives them an opportunity to have a platform to talk about what they do. Because sometimes it's hard. If you're just doing good stuff, it's very hard. You know, if you're doing bad stuff, you can get on the radio, no problem. If you're doing good <laughs> stuff, you know, like the, the, good, the good news stuff, it doesn't always happen. So I'm, I'm very happy to do that. And the other radio show that I have is with a commercial station called uh, East Coast FM, and I do a Saturday morning magazine program, and I love that too. It's very different. I have a producer and a sound engineer on that, and I have five interviews typically in the R, and that's very interesting because I'm learning the whole time about how to interview and jump between things and time myself and it's that that's a lot more mental energy because it's five people in an hour and you're constantly watching the time and the clock and, and you're trying to get the best of the interviews and trying to make sure you get to the next person. And, and sometimes, you know, the line goes dead and you're going, oh, OK, because dead space, you can't have that on terrestrial radio. So, so uh, learning to talk in the gaps and, and juggle things around. Or, so, yeah, the, the, and, and then I also do um, an EOS Dublin podcast mm-hmm. every as well and that's just an, an audio one i love that gets great fun talk to some fascinating people mm-hmm. and then i do a crypto divas a video uh vlog every week as well with lena last bilson who's in estonia great girl and someone's with morgan pierce too as well so that's yeah i'm, I'm i do a lot of a lot of i produce a lot of content <laughs> yes you do you definitely keep very busy so where do you see all of this this heading is there something particularly you like to do more than others or where do you see the you know, your work in the cryptocurrency space or other spaces evolving for the future? Well, I love broadcast. I love radio. I really, 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 really love radio. So my ideal would be to get a, at the moment, like the, the radio that I'm doing, well, the commercial one, but that's a, that's a local magazine show, which is grand. But I would love to have a proper uh, paid, says she, <laughs> radio, but in, in, in the blockchain space. Mm-hmm. So I would love to be able to do that and actually have it as a, as a, cause I have to put food on the table. So that'd be nice. Right. Um, and the writing too is what I love, love, love writing. You know, I said, what's on my tombstone writer? Maybe a broadcaster underneath it. Right. But, uh, and, and I have to write some more novels too as well. I was saying that my mom has read my first erotic novel and she enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but she's a very open minded, lovely lady, fantastic woman. She's 88. But she can't really boast about it to her friends. <laughs> so <laughs> I have a few more novels to write inside me yet. And mind you, I mean, I'm not too worried. I'm only 54. And lots of uh, writers only, only began at 54. So mm-hmm. 
I'm not oh. uh, yeah. I got over thirty odd years. Please of course, go. of course, of course. Okay. Years of experiences to to write about and, and observations to talk about. And you know what I did too as well. You know what I said I did with the erotica. I rewrote it a little bit. I, I tweaked my first book so far, mm-hmm. and I've renamed it. I've called it Confessions of a Cryptomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask you about that because I'm so I'm looking at Amazon and I see this came out in uh, in late March. So you have a new book. Yeah, well, it's it's just, it's actually the same book, but I just put oh. in some Bitcoin in there. Actually, I cheated, <laughs> and I put my own name on it. So I'm thinking maybe this time around I can earn enough from my books to buy a few acres for the rescue horses we have. Because did I mention we have rescue horses? <laughs> you have, no, you didn't. That's great. so. You also have a, a nom de plume. Do you mind yes. saying saying what yeah, that no, is? The first one was I call them the Cougar Diaries, Part One, Two, and Three by Aoife Brennan. I picked a very Irish sounding name. But now the Confessions of a Cryptomaniac, which is the same yeah. books, actually, but I just put, I'm going to rewrite them a little bit of Bitcoin in them. And I put my own name to those because they're kind of fun. Anyway, I like them. You know, yeah. I, I, I had to read my book again. I went, yeah, there's a lot in there, actually, because it's, it's not people joke about stuff. I mean, writing a rot is kind of, it, it, kind of funny, but I put myself into the book mm-hmm. quite a lot. So a lot of my views and opinions and stuff are in there. And I'm, oh, I like that. I like that. And there's all the sex. <laughs> Well, so this brings up an interesting question. So, you know, a lot you said a lot of yourself is in the book and the history of what was happening to you. How much of the book, like, where do you draw inspiration from, and where do you draw the line of 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 fantasy versus uh, reality on on what actually the actual events that that unfolded? Well, you know, I have two answers for that question. The first one is that if I'd written a crime novel, would you have asked me had I? committed a crime or <laughs> you know, how did I inspire myself? And the other answer is I'm a method writer and I have great fun. Thank you very much. Wonderful. <laughs> I can't decide which answer to use. They're both kind of true. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very true. Also, I probably would ask you about the crime writer part because uh, <laughs> I, I find that to be interesting anyway. Excellent. So with the, you know with what you've done, you've had a, a very exciting and interesting career Um and had to do with a lot of kind of, you know, back and forth with, with governments and, and everything else. When you come across those times when maybe you're fearful about the future or apprehensive, how do you approach fear and how do you go past it? Well, I'm very lucky in that I have very high energy levels. That's just something I can't claim it as a developed them. I don't know, whatever. But when I wake up in the morning... I, I am full of hope and full of energy and full of joy. And sometimes at the night time, I can be tired. I'm often I'm tired. My brain goes, collapses. But when I wake up again in the morning, I'm like going, right, let's go at it. And I think, you know, and my mom would always say too as well, you know, ever onwards and upwards, maybe sideways, but never backwards. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great advice too as well. Just keep on putting one foot in front of the other and just keep on going. Because when you look backwards, you go, wow, I've come a long way. At the time... It doesn't, it doesn't seem as though you're making much progress. Right. And it did take me 12 years to turn the corner. It was a long corner. But you look back and you go, wow, gee, I have come a long way. But it's just, you just keep on going. You, yeah. and, and also, I have children, so I have no alternative. There, there is no opt-out clause when you're a mom. That's very, very true. Excellent. So with everything that you've done and experienced so far, what would you say has been the best advice that you've ever received? The best advice, and I think, I don't know if I, well, yeah, it's, Fail, fail faster, mm-hmm. fail faster. It's like from Samuel Beckett, the Irish uh, writer, man mm-hmm. of letters. Um, you know, ever fail, fail, fail. I think fail. It's but fail faster. So you know, fail, fail quickly. If you're if you're gonna fail, learn from it and move on. 
and don't wallow. So I think the fail faster is the best piece of advice, especially since all of us go through tribulations in our life. We're all going to hit those 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 uh, mountains. Get through mm-hmm. them as fast as you can. Or as as Winston Churchill said, when you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, Jillian, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I appreciate it. If the listeners would like to read your writing, um, either on blockchain or the other books you've written and see more of what you're up to, where is the best places they can go to do that? I think LinkedIn is probably the best place to find me with my name, Jillian Gotzel, J-I-L-L-I-N-G-O-D-S-I-L. And Google me. If you Google me, if you Google me like with homelessness, there's lots of stuff up there. Google me with um, erotica. Lots of stuff comes up. <laughs> Google my name with weird pairings and you get some really weird stuff coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Love it. Okay. I'll, well, I'll put some of those links in the show notes and then we'll just let our let the audience Google your name with weird pairings and go from there. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I, I want to even do it myself. See what turns up. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Jillian, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for letting me talk on. You're very good. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art Podcast. If you liked this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to advanceyourart.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again, and have a great day.